America, can we talk? I'm Debbie Georgiatis. Okay, so on the break, I was quick checking the comments from Facebook, and I saw people saying I can't hear her, or, or it ends at the, um, we do put every segment of the show on Facebook. If you're watching on Facebook, thank you so very much. At the end of this segment, we go to commercial break, four hours, we cut off, come right back. We'll be back on in four minutes. There's always a four-minute break. Love talking to you on Facebook Live. Love all the interaction we have on Facebook Live. And I love talking to you, our listeners here in Dallas and 660 AM, and our listeners also in Colorado Springs, AM 1460 and FM 11.1, The Answer. Just love talking with you every week about America. Well, as you listen, if you listen to the show, you know the top of the second hour, I just try to do a cruise through the news, kind of touch on some stories, all of which deserve more attention. But in this uh short segment i try to touch on a few and again i always i think it's so important to as citizens as patriots to think of a lot of the stories in the larger context of being an advocate in fact the music for the show you just heard as we the coming into this segment you know just um i am america you you are i am everybody who is part of the process who's involved engaged and 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 and, you know it's not just voting but being involved in the discussions and our issues we shape america's future it's the people who speak up who share ideas who listen and 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 really advocate for america who shape our future and that's uh, what i it's my mission and what i hope you will join me being uh, your mission too okay so i want to cruise with some stories uh one very quickly uh everyone on the planet i believe is very great to see that all 12 boys who were trapped in that cave in Thailand and their coach were safely rescued. You know, it was just, a, I mean, I'm sure all of you were watching. It was a 17-day ordeal. They were trapped because of some flood water. They had, I mean, what I loved about the story, beside, of course, that they were all safe, and I'm very saddened by the loss of life. One um, Navy SEAL in of, of Thai, Thailand, uh, was killed in this uh, rescue effort, which is terribly sad but leaving that aside these boys were rescued and i just love the international fervor energy people just wanted to help and everyone who has any expertise in and you know go going through caves and and getting through those astonishingly narrow skinny tiny points which you could not pay me seven million dollars to swim in um those people Every, we're all there trying trying to help. And I, I love the rescue. I love the humanity coming together. It's just a beautiful thing. Okay, changing the subject to California. Very interesting. California, and I will tell you, I've mentioned to you in the show before, uh, my husband and I actually met in California. We're both lawyers. You met in a big law firm in San Diego. Lived there for years. He grew up there. I did not, but he grew up there. So we, we have family out there. We go there a lot. It's a beautiful state with crazy politics. So what's happened in California, very interesting. I don't know how it's going to play out, but they have, they, they use the expression the jungle primary in California, meaning when there's an office that people are running for, they have everyone who wants to run runs and whoever the top vote getters are, are in the final election, the final, you know, in November actual election. So because it's so heavily Democrat, many of the offices have two Democrat candidates. 
I mean, a Republican doesn't make it to the So in the state, in the case of um, this U.S. Senate, Dianne Feinstein is running again. Um, she's been there 174 years. No, she has not been. She's been there a really long time. Uh, she's 85 years old now. She's running again for U.S. Senate. And the California Democrat Party met in there, you know, to make their endorsements, and they endorsed her Democrat opponent. So there's two Democrats running for Senate in California. The guy, you know, for her seat, the seat she currently holds, uh, which she did win handily in the election, but the guy that they, the party endorsed is a radical leftist, Kevin DeLeon, you know, Everything's free, socialist, free everything that um, he won. And so he's going to be on the ballot with the uh, nomination, with the, the endorsement of the Democrat Party. So um, that's interesting to watch. I think a lot of Republicans in California, they just go ahead and vote for the lesser of two evils. They'll probably vote for Dianne Feinstein just because they don't have a Republican choice. Okay. Also saw there is a Republican candidate in the ballot in California for governor. I mentioned this before, John Cox. And and so he's, you know, he made it in this jungle primary mode. He got the second most votes in the original primary voting day. So he's on the ballot um, against Gavin Newsom. But I saw that uh, Vice President Pence is going out to California to help John Cox. This is a good sign. Okay, back to how crazy the Democrats are. And actually, I was going to tell you something else. I, you know, I just want America to be strong, prosperous, free, have the Constitution, have limited government, have strong borders. I don't, I mean, I, I don't necessarily like to think of myself as just, you know, rooting for Republicans against Democrats. I'm just rooting for America. I'm just rooting for the goodness of America and the safety and security of America and the future of it. But the Republican Party's values are consistent at this time in our history with the founding of America values. The Democrats are off in the socialist mode where they are. So among many things I was going to comment about the Democrat Party was, have you noticed that in addition to they always have a very left-wing view, but it's become more and more common for Democrats, for outspoken leftists, for left-wing organizations to become increasingly crass in their language. I I don't know who they think it convinces, but for example, the Democratic Socialists of America, that's a party, that's a political party. Democrat Socialists of America has a big poster out now. They call themselves the future of the Democrat Party. Their entire poster is F. The F word, F Trump, F ICE, F police, F Israel, F pro-life, F. I mean, that is their poster. That is their message. And I really hope it helps wake people up to say, we don't want to be that kind of country. We're better than that. Okay. My cruise news has went too, too short. I'll be right back after the break. If you're on Facebook, come right back. America guarantees each eligible adult citizen the right to vote. The Public Interest Legal Foundation, a 501c3 public interest law firm, is dedicated entirely to election integrity, to assuring that voter rolls include names of only citizens eligible to vote, and that protections are in place to prevent voter fraud of all kinds. The Public Interest Legal Foundation discovered that more than 1,000 non-citizens enrolled to vote in Virginia in just eight counties, and in Philadelphia, felons as well as non-citizens are on the voter rolls. Non-citizens have been registering to vote and voting. 
The Public Interest Legal Foundation is fighting nationwide and in Texas to ensure that only Americans pick American leaders. We are actively litigating high-impact cases to clean up voter rolls and protect the ballot box. If you do not want your vote canceled out, visit publicinterestlegal.org to join us in the fight to restore integrity to American elections. Protect your vote. Visit publicinterestlegal.org today. Our military and veterans have served all of us, defending our nation whenever and wherever duty calls. But at home, when their families need support, they know they can turn to Operation Homefront for help. Operation Homefront provides military families with critical financial assistance, transitional and permanent housing, and family support programs throughout the year to help prevent their short-term needs from turning into long-term struggles. When you support Operation Homefront, your donation will make a real difference because 92% of their expenditures go directly towards programs that our military families need most. Each year, Operation Homefront serves thousands of military families, families in your community, helping wounded veterans transition to civilian life, helping military families pay overdue bills when their loved ones deploy overseas, and helping them through their short-term struggles. Make a difference today and help serve America's military families. Visit OperationHomefront.org. That's OperationHomefront.org. If you want to get at the issues that really matter for women and men, Go to IWF.org. That's the Independent Women's Forum. IWF is all about increasing the number of American women who value free markets and personal liberty. IWF's motto is all issues are women's issues. They bring a fact-based approach to politics, policy, and culture. When the left tried to peddle a phony war on women, IWF shot back with facts and figures. American women aren't victims in need of ever-increasing government protection. And IWF doesn't think things are perfect, but they believe that individual liberty is the key to prosperity and fulfillment. Along with their sister organization, Independent Women's Voice, IWVoice.org, which is a leader in the fight against Obamacare, they offer policy papers, op-eds, and a popular blog on issues of the day. So visit IWF at IWF.org. That's IWF.org. America faces unprecedented threats to our national security. The Center for Security Policy, based in Washington, D.C., is a national leader focused on the organization, management, and direction of public policy coalitions to promote U.S. national security. The Center is a special forces in the war of ideas dedicated to identifying opportunities and challenges likely to affect American security and acting promptly to ensure that they are the subject of focused national examination and effective action. The Center enlists support from executive branch officials, key legislators, and other public policy organizations and brings these teams together to develop and shape policies that will keep America safe. Check out centerforsecuritypolicy.org for the latest news and developments brought to you by America's leading security experts. Becoming and remaining informed is one of the best ways every citizen can be a part of the mission to keep America safe. That's centerforsecuritypolicy.org. Welcome back. You know what? I am going to get to this story. I want to talk a little bit tonight on, on, on America Can We Talk. I'm Debbie Georgiatis. This is my show, America Can We Talk. I want to talk in just a minute about the um, situation, the uh, 
international travel by President Trump. You know, he's been a NATO. He was in England. He's headed to meet with President Putin of Russia. And there's a lot of things I want to mention about that. I want to hit one other thing I didn't get to get in the cruise of the news. I just want to briefly touch on it because it's just such a good example of the kind of um, courage I think the GOP needs to show in Washington and the fact that the the American left, I don't even have to call them the Democrats anymore because they've gone so far left, the leadership of the Democrat Party are just leftists now, but they don't really, they're not really sure their leftism is going to fly. So a very funny story in Congress, you know, we had the uh, young woman who ran in a primary in the state of New York. She defeated a long-term incumbent Democrat. It's a Democrat district. It's majority-minority. A young woman defeated a long-term Democrat congressman in a primary, and she ran on a very left-wing, openly admitted she's a Democratic socialist, a Democrat socialist. She's a she's a lefty. You know, free college, free everything. Everything's free. Nothing costs any money. Corporations are bad. In fact, she the party she belongs to, Democrat socialists, say that that private corporation should not be able to own property. I mean, which is a primary, I mean, at least she's honest about it. That's a primary definition of headed to communism when the government owns the means of production. Private companies can't. Anyway, so one thing she ran on was abolish ICE. This whole agitation about the number of illegal immigrants in America, what are we going to, you know, what's going to happen? The borders has been insecure for eight years. We have a lot of people here who aren't, don't have any legal status. And we have the DACA issue and the Dreamers issue. And, and so we, we have an immigration thing. So, and we have immigration actually trying to enforce the law and actually deporting people these days. So the Democrats in Congress, after this young woman won, abolish ICE and Tom Perez, the head of the DNC, called this young woman the future of the Democrat Party. So he's kind of embracing her abolish ICE as a, as a party platform. So some Democrats already in Congress introduced a bill to abolish ICE. So, I mean, it's just, it's a, it's a you know, TV stunt. It's, it's a media stunt. It's an attention getter. Yeah, yeah, we're with her. Abolish ICE. That's right. So these goofballs introduced. So we're just going to have, like, no immigration enforcement. It's ridiculous. But anyway, so they introduced a bill, abolish ICE, three House Democrats, and they were outraged because Paul Ryan and Kevin McCarthy said, okay, let's put it to a vote. I mean, they just want to rush it to the floor of the House and put it out there. Let Congress vote on abolishing ICE. Well, this is not what those Democrats wanted. They didn't want to take a, they didn't want to vote. They didn't want to have to be something on record. They didn't want to be, they just wanted to do a stunt. So they are outraged that there would be an introduction of the bill that they introduced, that there should be a vote in the bill they wanted. So Paul Ryan and Kevin McCarthy kind of called their bluffs. Okay, let's vote on this. I mean, the Democrats don't want this. There are a lot of elected Democrats very worried about how many people in their constituency are going to say, yeah, yeah, vote with her, abolish ICE, that's right. No, no, let's just, you know, let's just make everybody legal, amnesty for all, all the left-wing, wacko, irresponsible positions these elected Democrats have those people in their districts, so they're, they're going to be stuck deciding vote yes 
abolish ICE and then increase the chances in many districts that a Republican challenger would say, hey, actually, I'm in favor of law and order. I think we should have a border. I think we have to deport people who are illegal. I think we shouldn't have sanctuary cities. And so anyway, so they're, they're just in a, in a tizzy. And these Democrats who actually wrote the bill have now said just in protest for it being treated as a mockery. Which it wasn't. I mean, they introduced it, and then they don't want to have a vote on it. Um, they're going to vote no just to show Paul Ryan a thing or two. Anyway, I think it's really funny. I love kind of putting him on the spot. But really, this segment, what I wanted to hit. So it's a great story. We'll be following that. I don't even. I think there are some Republicans saying, "Well, don't you know? Maybe we shouldn't put it on the floor. Go for it." And I'll tell you something else. Here in 2018. I've been talking about the midterms, I think, since like, you know, the new year. It became the new year, but we're in July. We have midterms in November. The ability of the GOP to clearly state positions that distinguish them from the Democrats are vital. Law and order at the border is one. Actual enforcement of the immigration laws. Actual ending of sanctuary cities. Actual insisting on everyone here has to have a legal status. A substantive, serious adjustment and and amendment of the immigration laws. I hate to say comprehensive immigration because to the left, that's a buzzword that just meant let them all in. Everybody gets amnesty, you know, rock and roll. Everyone's a voter. This is the Democrat. This is the reason Democrats um, are so in favor of you know, no border security, give everybody amnesties because they they think it's a Democrat. It's a Democrat voter drive. Anyway. So I think this is a driving issue. I think the Americans who love this country are going to be on the side of law and order. And I think the Republicans ought to be strong about saying that. We want to be compassionate. We want to be fair. But we have to have laws. We can't just have random chaos. Okay. Turning to Donald Trump, who's over in Europe. I already mentioned earlier in the show that this, um, you know, Mueller and Rosenstein announcement of an indictment of Russians who allegedly hacked into the DNC server. I didn't even get to finish that story. Do you realize the DNC server is missing? Like, it's gone. And you realize that no government agency ever got to check out what the evidence was in the server as to whether it was hacked and who hacked it. The only entity that did that is called CrowdStrike, a Democrat-controlled private organization. That's who announced the DNC server information to the public. So this is, when I say this this, this um, thing was filed for political purposes, it was filed, this, this indictment of 12 Russians, it was filed to keep the issue in the air where we just can't have the... Um, we can't have any investigation answers given, any answers given by Department of Justice, by FBI, to Congress, because after all, there's a pending investigation. We can't do that. It's just a ploy. Plus, they're trying to embarrass Trump as he's going to meet with Putin. Okay, so Trump has been just Trump all over the world. He, on this week, he spoke at NATO. Um, he's dealt with, put NATO back on the heels a little bit in good ways. He had a talk at Brexit, uh, I mean, in, in England on Brexit. I want to hit just one thing he said. There was a, a clip he had. He gave an interview with uh, the New York, the, the Sun interview, the, the newspaper or entity, The Sun. This is clip five, where he talked about what's happening in Europe, losing their culture with respect to refugees. And so if you can play clip five, Greg. My father, Germany, my mother, Scotland. So I have great love for countries in Europe. I think what's happened to Europe is a shame. I think the immigration, uh, allowing the immigration to take place in Europe is a shame. I think Mm -hmm. it changed the fabric of Europe. Mm -hmm. 
And unless you act very quickly, it's never going to be what it was. And I don't mean that in a positive way. So I think uh, allowing millions and millions of people to come in to Europe uh, is very, very sad. I think you're losing your culture. I have to tell you, folks, what Don Trump has done on this trip, and, and as you know, if you're, if you're a first-time listener, I did not support him in the primary. I was a Ted Cruz supporter. But I am thrilled with the job that President Trump is doing. And in part, the kinds of things that are happening as Trump goes on his international trips, he's taking that same spirit, that same fervor that says, we're not going to play games and do the, um, you know, say the thing that makes uh, the globalists happy, say the things that make the left-wing leaders in, in various countries happy. We're going to speak truth. I mean, the truth is, immigration has been a disaster in Western Europe, especially the last 20, 30 years. In England, all over Europe, uh, it has caused all sorts of chaos. Uncontrolled, unfettered, disorderly immigration has created chaos. He also called out on this Brexit withdrawal. You know, he supported Brexit, uh, which was the Britain, the England withdrawing from the European Union. And then Theresa May tried to kind of backpedal and say, well, we're getting out of Breck, out of the European Union, but we're going to go along, along with their trade deals. Well, Trump said, okay, but, you know, that's not what we said before. So if you're going to be, you know, doing the European Union trade deal, then we can't have our America-Britain trade deal, which we both recognize as very valuable. He's not just he, – he's not saluting to everybody else. He's speaking up. He's speaking his mind. I think it's been brilliant and wonderful. And the other thing I want to share with you that's happened on this trip, the media and the State Department types are out of their minds about the idea of the international diplomacy Trump has engaged in. So – there was a story put out by MSNBC and NBC in which they claimed that right after the NATO summit, Trump was so disastrous that the immediately we had to issue all sorts of statements. We had to send our operatives around the world to repair the terrible damage because he'd done a terrible thing and Trump had made us look so bad and he did a terrible job at NATO, blah, 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 blah. And so they're trying to make Trump look bad. And in, instead, General Mattis came out and said the story is a complete lie. There was no apology tour by the State Department, as they claimed. Okay, we're almost up to a break here. Coming up in the next uh, half an hour, we have Claire Lopez from Center of Security Policy talking about Iran, Israel. She's a great expert. You'll love her. Don't go away. Come back in four minutes if you're on Facebook Live. Do you know that one in nearly five United States residents lives in an immigrant household? That we take in more than one million new legal immigrants every year? Studying the impact of federal immigration program is the mission of the Center for Immigration Studies, the nation's only think tank looking at the broad national effect of immigration policy. Whether it's on crime, welfare, national security, or the job market, CIS digs out information about immigration from government sources, translates it into English, and makes it available to the public, the news media, and policymakers in Washington. Check out its work at CIS.org. CIS makes the case for better enforcement against illegal immigration and lower levels of legal immigration in the future. Most other special interest groups pursue the opposite. The only thing standing between them and open borders is an informed public. Get informed and stay informed by visiting CIS.org. That's CIS.org. 
Have you heard of the Policy Circle? It's a national network of women who come together in neighborhood conversations to discuss the public policies impacting their communities. You can think of it as a book club, but instead of reviewing a book, members discuss public policy issues. Policy Circle members have access to membership-only resources and benefits that complement a thoughtful framework for women to come together and have fact-based discussions. From healthcare to poverty, from free enterprise to education, from fiscal responsibility to the First Amendment, we discuss the issues that shape America. Change starts with a conversation. Conversations happen when women across the nation are connected and engaged in their communities, openly sharing their views and taking a leadership role in policy dialogue on what human creativity can accomplish in a free economy. Are you ready to join a growing network of engaged women? To join or start your own policy circle, visit thepolicycircle.org today. That's thepolicycircle.org. America is greatly blessed by the men and women serving in our military who are defending us every day, making our freedom possible. Military families also serve, and they face hardships while dads and moms are far from home. Military families endure frequent moves around the country and overseas, requiring them to adjust to new schools and make new friends over and over. They also face anguish while their soldiers deployed overseas, often in harm's way. The Army Scholarship Foundation offers one way to help military families by providing academic scholarships to children and spouses of soldiers. And you can help. Visit ArmyScholarshipFoundation.org and consider making a tax-deductible donation to help a military family member pursue his or her educational dreams. Assisting military family members with their college education is a great way for all of us at home to say thank you to our military families for your service and sacrifice. Visit ArmyScholarshipFoundation.org and get involved today. America guarantees each eligible adult citizen the right to vote. The Public Interest Legal Foundation, a 501c3 public interest law firm, is dedicated entirely to election integrity, to assuring that voter rolls include names of only citizens eligible to vote, and that protections are in place to prevent voter fraud of all kinds. The Public Interest Legal Foundation discovered that more than 1,000 non-citizens enrolled to vote in Virginia in just eight counties, and in Philadelphia, felons as well as non-citizens are on the voter rolls. Non-citizens have been registering to vote and voting. The Public Interest Legal Foundation is fighting nationwide and in Texas to ensure that only Americans pick American leaders. We are actively litigating high-impact cases to clean up voter rolls and protect the ballot box. If you do not want your vote canceled out, visit publicinterestlegal.org to join us in the fight to restore integrity to American elections. Protect your vote. Visit publicinterestlegal.org today. To America Can We Talk. I'm Debbie Georgiatis, and I love talking with you every Sunday about preserving this great, extraordinary, exceptional country. And as I mentioned before the break, we have a guest joining us at this time. It's Claire Lopez. And I didn't get to give a good enough introduction, so I'm going to quickly do that now. We have her on the line, but she is a vice president for research and analysis at the Center for Security Policy. But she's also, she's a nationwide sought-after expert relating to Iran, the Middle East, national security, and Israel. She just is, um, she's, if I read this whole um, 
resume, then we won't have any time to talk to her. But she's an extraordinary, uh, we're very uh, honored to have her join us, extraordinary expert. Um, she's been on the show numerous times. And um, she's actually was named, I'm going to mention one thing. In 2012, she was named as a member of the Congressional Task Force on National and Homeland Security. I mean, she just is a great expert. So I want her to join us uh, to talk about what uh, you may have been seeing in the news related to Israel and Iran. So, hi, Claire. Hi, Debbie. It's great to be with you again. Yeah, thanks so much for joining me. Well, I want to just jump right in and talk about Israel to start with. The first thing on Israel, I mentioned to you, I think, when I emailed you a few weeks ago, I ran across a story that um, in Israel, the um, IDF had uncovered a massive plot by Hamas, uh, and this was uh, uncovered in Judea or in Samaria, uh, a massive plot uh, by Hamas to engage in an extraordinary large attack on numerous locations throughout Israel. And because it was uncovered by the Israelis, by the IDF, they were able to stop it and to, you know, and to remove the weapons. But the first thing I was going to comment was, I did not even see that in American media. Maybe you did. No, um, you're right, Debbie. This does not get anywhere near the attention it deserves in the U.S. media. Um, This is a story that broke, uh, certainly in the Israeli media, about a month ago, middle of June. Um, And uh, what what, what caught my attention as I I looked at this, um, of course, not just that, you know, the um, the Israeli security services uh, were able to uh, break up this plot uh, before anything uh, came to fruition from it. They were planning suicide bombing, shooting attacks, and so forth all over uh, Israel, including Jerusalem, Tel Aviv, uh, and, and many more places. But what struck me is we're talking about a Hamas presence uh, in Samaria, well, Judea and Samaria. Um, and Typically, we have thought of those areas as being um, under the authority of the Palestinian Authority and Mahmoud Abbas, Abu Mazen. But that Hamas is now apparently able to operate with this level of impunity in that area says to me that Abbas is definitely losing his grip. We know that he has been suffering uh, from health uh, problems lately. Um, he has never um, uh, identified and named um, a, a successor, yep. but I think he's losing his grip. And that is how Hamas is, is able to get, I think, this kind of a foothold uh, on what uh, many people think of as the West Bank. Yeah, and actually I was going to mention that there are just so many ways to go with this. But yes, for one thing is we were uh, – I know you've been to Israel many times. Um, we have too. I, uh, uh, we use the expression when my, my husband's business partner's family members, some of them live in uh, Judea and Samaria. That is an area that the people who are more friendly to Palestinians – want to refer to as the West Bank. And so it has this ominous tone of the occupied. It's not fair Israelis have this, but this is really an area where there are many Israeli families and communities um, and who are, and, and where there also are Palestinians living in, uh, within those communities. And uh, one thing I noticed that um, the uh, Prime Minister Netanyahu said was Hamas terror plot being uncovered in this area shows that Israel must continue to control Judea and Samaria. That's got to be right, right? Well, yes. I mean, certainly in terms of security. Now, people may know um, the entire area of Judea and Samaria is divvied up into what they call areas A and B and C. Area 
areas A mean uh, all those parts that are completely under the control of the Palestinian Authority, well, such as it is, right? Um, areas B are those places where there is shared control over um, the the uh, the areas in that in that part of the map, and then area C are those areas um, completely under the uh, authority of Israel. So uh, this particular uh, plot, though, apparently was headquartered in Nablus. Yeah, Nablus is totally Palestinian Authority controlled, or supposedly. But again, it goes it goes back to what I'm saying. Either the PA and Hamas are working together more closely than perhaps we thought, or uh, the Palestinian Authority and Mahmoud Abbas are losing control, um, and Hamas is is gaining control and influence uh, in these areas. Neither one of them are very good news for Israel, actually, but yes. No. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Also, it was interesting because you were talking about, um, I, I mean, we're going to jump on to, in a moment, what's going on in, within Iran, but um, isn't Hamas one of the groups that the Iranians uh, tend to fund? Isn't that right? Yes. Uh, Hamas and, and the Iranians have had an on-again, off-again uh, relationship over the years. Uh, currently, it's back on again, apparently. Um, and we should really mention right now that the most um, important threat facing uh, Israel at the moment and for the last several days um, has been um, a really um, upturn, a real upturn um, in the um, the Gaza. assault of, of yeah of, of rockets and missiles being fired into civilian areas of Israel out of Gaza. Over 200 just in the last. 24 hours or so, the news is reporting. Luckily, only four Israeli citizens so far, as we know, have been injured. Iron Dome has intercepted something like 30 of these, and the system will let those go that will just land in an open area or field and not harm anyone. Um, But these people are living under constant red alert sirens, now, I was just in Israel, my most recent trip, uh, just a couple months ago in early May. And we visited areas very close to uh, the Israeli-Gaza border. We were in Sidakot for, for one uh, place and, and also in um, at least one kibbutz uh, in that area nearby uh, the Gaza border. And so these people, when those red alert sirens go off, have something like 15 or maybe 30 seconds to get into a bomb shelter because they don't know where uh, that incoming rocket may land or if it's going to be, you know, um, in a field and, and, and or if Iron Dome again will intercept it, which it's been doing a fabulous job of, of doing and keeping us Israelis safe. But the point I'm making is that they are living under the kind of conditions that no one should be forced to live under. These are jihadist terrorists in Gaza, whether it's Hamas doing this, whether it's Palestinian Islamic Jihad, both are funded, armed, trained by the jihadist regime in Tehran, in Iran, by the IRGC, Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps, and Quds Force, and their intelligence service. Um, And at some point, um, Israel is simply going to have to take action, use overwhelming force to end this threat once and for all. Um, so that it's people and they live in peace and quiet. 
I couldn't agree more. That's exactly what I was going to segue to. I'm so glad you did. So all we were talking about earlier was this Hamas plot on covered Judea, Samaria, which is east, basically Gaza, where the uh, a lot of American media attention came uh, when the uh, the U.S. embassy was moved um, at President Trump's direction um, in Israel, moved to Jerusalem at the time that was occurring, and there was a lot of international attention to Jerusalem and Israel because of the move of the embassy. There was quite an uproar at the with the Gaza border and the uh, Palestinians lobbing rockets and flaming kites and other attacks into Israel. And then when Israel responded, that's what the media picked up, not that there had been all sorts of attacks from from within Gaza. But then when Israel strikes back, then that was being depicted by, oh, there go the Israelis again, picking on the poor Palestinians. We're going to I do want to talk a little bit more about um, the um, what's happening in Gaza and what uh, how Israel's responding. But Claire, you were at the opening of the U.S. embassy, right? No, not actually. Uh, oh. I had to leave uh, this this trip one day early oh. uh, to get back home again because my brother was receiving uh, an award um, at the high school where he teaches, and I, I really needed to be with him and the family for that. So I left a day early. Um, but in any case— <laughs> You're a very nice sister, I must say. <laughs> oh, I wouldn't have missed it for the world. But um, the, the thing is also that the um, the invitee list was so small. So, I mean, you know, outside of uh, dignitaries and, and visiting uh, officials from the United States, other places, uh, I mean, all the members of the Knesset could not even get in yeah. the ceremony. So. Um, we we would not have been able to be there precisely on the Monday, which was the uh, uh, what the fourteenth of May, I think. Um, yeah, you know. Were, yeah, I'm going to jump in because we've got to go off to a break here. But when you okay. come back, I want to have you tell uh, our listeners what it looked like, even the day before, what the attitude and the feel was in Jerusalem when the embassy moved uh, over to Jerusalem in America, from America. So come right back, folks. America, can we talk? Claire Lopez, be right back. Do you dream of a better world? One where poverty and hunger are a thing of the past? What if you could make a real difference in the lives of those most in need? The solution to poverty is not handouts, but hope. The freedom and opportunity to use one's talents and resources for good. At Five Talents, we empower the poor to start their own small businesses. Five Talents works in some of the most difficult places in the world. With $85, you can help a new entrepreneur escape from poverty and build a sustainable business that helps her whole family. Can you think of anywhere else your gift can work that effectively? When you walk with five talents, you bring opportunity to those most in need. Join us in demonstrating the greatness of American generosity. Visit 5talents.org today to learn about the impact you can make. That's 5talents.org. F-I-V-E talents.org. If you want to get at the issues that really matter for women and men, go to IWF.org. That's the Independent Women's Forum. IWF is all about increasing the number of American women who value free markets and personal liberty. IWF's motto is all issues are women's issues. They bring a fact-based approach to politics, policy, and culture. When the left tried to peddle a phony war on women, IWF shot back with facts and figures. 
American women aren't victims in need of ever-increasing government protection. And IWF doesn't think things are perfect, but they believe that individual liberty is the key to prosperity and fulfillment. Along with their sister organization, Independent Women's Voice, IWVoice.org, which is a leader in the fight against Obamacare, they offer policy papers, op-eds, and a popular blog on issues of the day. So visit IWF at IWF.org. That's IWF.org. The right to freedom of speech, to be who you are, and to speak your mind is a foundational American value enshrined in the First Amendment to our Constitution. And nowhere is that value more important than on America's college campuses. But too often on our campuses, unpopular political opinions or religious beliefs are met with censorship or even violence instead of honest dialogue and discussion. And Texas colleges are no exception. Schools like the University of Texas at Austin, Sam Houston State University, and the University of North Texas all place burdensome restrictions on free speech. That's why the Foundation for Individual Rights in Education, FIRE, fights back against the censors to defend liberty on America's college campuses. Does your college or alma mater uphold our most cherished American value of freedom of speech? Find out by visiting thefire.org and consider lending FIRE your support. Our military and veterans have served all of us, defending our nation whenever and wherever duty calls. But at home, when their families need support, they know they can turn to Operation Homefront for help. Operation Homefront provides military families with critical financial assistance, transitional and permanent housing, and family support programs throughout the year to help prevent their short-term needs from turning into long-term struggles. When you support Operation Homefront, your donation will make a real difference because 92% of their expenditures go directly towards programs that our military families need most. Each year, Operation Homefront serves thousands of military families, families in your community, helping wounded veterans transition to civilian life, helping military families pay overdue bills when their loved ones deploy overseas, and helping them through their short-term struggles. Make a difference today and help serve America's military families. Visit OperationHomefront.org. That's OperationHomefront.org. And welcome back to America Can We Talk. I'm Debbie Georgiatis. I'm so happy we still have on the line Claire Lopez. Uh, she's an extraordinary expert on national security in the Middle East, Iran, and, and Israel. And we were talking before the break um, about Israel. And Israel has been, um, you know, throughout its entire troubled existence, has had kind of perpetual ongoing danger around it. It's located, you know, obviously, in the Middle East, surrounded by people who aren't always friendly to the idea of Israel. Currently, there is a an ongoing um, just attacks from the Gaza. Uh, and I mentioned the kite thing happening. People in Gaza are lighting kites and throwing them over the border into Israel. It would land in fields, burn crops, it burned schools. I mean, it's really been a an ongoing attack. And then now there's actually a missile attack. You were describing the... Um, so there has been... Um, I noticed that uh, Prime Minister Netanyahu has 
uh, engaged in quite a serious um, defense on, on behalf of Israel. Um, he's been, uh, they, it's being described as the harshest assault against the Gaza Strip's Hamas rulers since 2014. Um, and he's, it's been an Israeli um, aerial attack in response to Gaza. So is your sense that the uh, attack or the response by Israel to the attacks from Gaza is Israel's attack, you know, appropriate level? Is it too much? Is it not enough? What do you think? Oh, there is no one, no other country in the world uh, that would be expected to live under the constant threat and the constant attack that Israel has and does. Um, there's going to come a time when, as the phrase goes, mowing the grass is, is not going to cut it, so to speak, anymore. Um, the threat out of Gaza is going to have to be dealt with once and for all. Uh, at some point, the uh, response by the Israelis um, has been really strong this time, uh, taking out uh, Hamas uh, command and control centers, uh, launch sites. Um, but at some point, it's going to have to deal with it permanently. Um, the problem, of course, is that Islamic doctrine itself commands that Muslims must fight and kill the Jews, uh, must, must destroy the state of Israel um, because it is in a place that was once under Islamic control, under the control of Islamic Muslim armies. For that reason and that reason alone, and that the Jews at, for an, a very long time were what are called dhimis, ahadimma, the dhimmi people, yeah. uh, conquered people, um, the doctrine that Hamas follows as the Palestinian branch of the Muslim Brotherhood is that it must fight, and it's in its covenant, it's in the Hamas covenant, that it must fight until it obliterates the state of Israel. So at some point, uh, Israel will have to deal with this, I think, permanently, at once and for all. Uh, at the moment, though, of course, um, there are a lot of other things going on. Uh, Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu has been speaking uh, both with Russian President Vladimir Putin um, and uh, also uh, with our President Donald Trump in advance of very important uh, meetings between President Trump and uh, Putin yeah. uh, within the 24 hours, <clears throat> less than 24 hours from now, uh, in Helsinki, Finland. And that refers uh, a lot, I mean, a, a big topic of conversation for those talks will refer to the threat from the northern border, uh, another uh, border from which Israel faces threats, as the Damascus regime of Bashar al-Assad um, seeks to move ever closer itself or via its proxies, Iran, Iranian Shiite proxies like Hezbollah, closer uh, to the Israeli border, and the U.S. Um, doing everything we can to make sure that doesn't happen and to uh, support and back up Israel. Okay, back one second. You mentioned, I think, before the break that part of what is occurring with the uh, aggression in, in Gaza against Israel is that there is a sense there is Iranian backing and uh, that this—in uh, fact, there was an article that was called um, The Road to Gaza Runs Through Tehran. Is, there, is it really clear that Iran is backing the Gaza violence? Oh, certainly. Um, Iran has armed, trained, funded uh, Hamas, as I said, the relationship a bit on again, off again, but over the decades— it has fulfilled that role, and now we have reports 
uh, much more recent that Hamas uh, operatives are training uh, under Hezbollah up in Lebanon. So there again, <clears throat> you've got um, the the Iranian proxy Hezbollah uh, uh, that, that that controls Lebanon on Lebanese soil training Hamas operatives from Gaza, and then they'll go back to Gaza. I wish so much of what you know would be really, really widely known in America because I feel very troubled when I ever see stories about Israel. It always seems like Israel, as you've described them, they're surrounded by people who are just uh, not just willing to engage them in battle, but fundamentally committed to the destruction of Israel. Israel acts to defend itself, whether it you know, fights back on Gaza or it uh, takes some action in, in the um, Samaria, Judea area, the West Bank. And Israel is always the bad guy. And the idea in, in the American media and, and the idea that what they put up with every day, no other country would. I just wish more people knew what, you, what you're describing, what Israel has to constantly contemplate. Okay, but I want to hit one other thing, too, but there's never enough time and you're always so full of good information. Um, I want to turn to Iran for a second, um, which is Iran has, I, I noticed, on, and I meant to tell our listeners, you should follow Claire Lopez on Twitter. She is just a fabulous Twitter feed. Her Twitter feed is at Claire, C-L-A-R-E, no I, at C-L-A-R-E-M as in Mary Lopez, L-O-P-E-Z, great Twitter feed. I saw you liked a story on there, which is from The Hill that said, it's titled, Iran is unsteady on the inside. The U.S. should squeeze from the outside. What, what is that all about? Uh, yes, uh, uh, exactly. So um, this this is an article um, that uh, appeared, as I said, uh, just just in the Hill, just um, a day or two ago, I guess. Um, and and really, what we're looking at inside of Iran, and this article gets to it, um, is is serious instability. Um, and part of it has to do with uh, the economic situation of the Iranian people, which is dire. Um, some of it that we're watching, for example, in the southwestern uh, part of Iran and the, the Arab um, province of Khuzestan um, is environmental, um, and the destruction of the environment, which has led to a lack of water. Um, so all kinds of, of, of uh, fundamental reasons why people are upset and in the streets. But um, when they get in the streets, they're not only clamoring for an end to the corruption. They know that, that billions of dollars were sent by the you know, Barack Obama administration uh, to, uh, to Iran and not used for them, but rather sent to dictators like Bashar al-Assad, uh, terror groups like Hamas and, and Hezbollah. They know that. Um, and so they're the ones suffering. So they begin with, with that kind of protest against that kind of corruption. But very quickly, and, and, and if you catch any of the videos coming out of Iran, you can see these on Twitter, on Instagram, on Telegram, different places. Um, you'll hear their chants, or, or if you can understand the chants, they are clamoring for an end to the regime. Um, Marg bar dictator, death to the dictator. That means the supreme leader, Khamenei, or explicitly, Marg bar Khamenei, death to the supreme leader, uh, Ali Khamenei. So um, there's a lot of, of, of uh, really the kind of, the kind of widespread protest been going on really since the end of last year, end of 2017. 
Um, but they haven't stopped. They're not covered very well, but they haven't stopped, and they, they should be covered because this is a point in time, I think, when uh, Iran is, is increasingly vulnerable. And for any who believe that the Iranian people deserve their own liberty and they deserve help to stand up to the mullahs and their guns, the thugs of the IRGC, the Quds Force, the Basij, that's the street militia, anyone who supports them, now is the time to uh, ask your representatives in Congress, ask your um, you know, your representatives to talk to uh, the President Trump, to talk to whomever they can get, the, you know, to talk to, um, and, and, and urge that the United States um, add our support in any way that we can uh, to the people of Iran who deserve their freedom. What you're talking about, these protests, and we, it's interesting because I talk about uh, the Middle East and talk about Islam a lot in the show, too, and the Middle East. But the people in Iran are not necessarily – I mean, they are wanting to overthrow the mullahs and the, and the Iranian leadership. But there's a lot of desire, I believe, within these marchers to end the Islamic repression of the people, that to, to have a freer society where Islam is not so forced on them. We have like one minute left. Yes. But is that accurate? yes. yes. It's very accurate, and I really would recommend folks go to look at this article. It's written by Peter Husey, H-U-E-S-S-Y, in The Hill. It's called Iran is Unsteady on the Inside. U.S. Should Squeeze from the Outside. Yes, that was my point. They might be going into the streets for water and, and lack of jobs and income, but it very quickly turns to end this regime. We're tired of it. The women are in the street taking off their hijabs, and they're being arrested, thrown into prison, where they'll be raped and tortured, and still they're doing it. Um, this is the time to pour on the pressure. And speaking of a great article, I want to share with the listeners, too. This is up on my website, org. an article by Claire Lopez, to whom we were speaking, which was from January, but it was is titled, As Iranian People Rise Up for Liberty, America Must Stand With Them. You have all sorts of great ideas and sentiments in there, and I just, I love the idea of America. We, we are so blessed by the liberty we have here, being the advocates for liberty for people around the world who really want just something more than a life of, of repression under repressive government. So, Claire, as always, it's just fabulous to talk with you. We're almost out of time. Thank you so very much for calling in tonight. And thank you for having me. And, Claire, actually, well, if you're still there, the, the organization is Center for Security Policy. Their website is www.centerforsecuritypolicy.org, and if you want a shorter URL, www.securefreedom.org. Okay. Thank you, Claire, so much. And, folks, thank we're you. Thank you. You know, folks, this is a great website. I go to often to try to get the latest news uh, relating to national security and the spread of radical Islam and the efforts within America and around the world to fight back. So great source of information. And as we wrap up, I want to encourage you, if you're watching Facebook Live, recognize we come back every week. Sunday at 6, I also do a podcast Thursday, uh, Wednesdays at 3 p.m. Tune in then and every week. Thank you so much for listening to America Can We Talk. Talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to America Can We Talk with Debbie Georgiatis. To learn more or to contact Debbie, go to AmericaCanWeTalk.org. America Can We Talk, truth about America. Bye.